Hi everyone listening, my name is Yassi and I was diagnosed with anxiety at 19 years old after my first panic attack. It's been 7 years since then and throughout these years I've come to find I am not alone in the battle with mental illness. My purpose for starting this podcast is to collaborate with my friends and soon to be new friends in order to end the stigma around talking about mental health. Also while incorporating my love for the music that gave me the strength to find myself once again and help me focus on the upside to my mental illness. These are stories coming from people from all walks of life on their mental illness or habits they've developed to become more self-aware. This is The Upside. Imagine being 10 years old and your family is falling apart. You see it all, but no one sees you. No explanations were given, just changes. You slowly become less confident, more alone, fall into a toxic relationship, and begin to experience anxiety, unaware of the real reasons why. You seek help and get treatment and are learning every day to manage your insecurities, anxiety, and depression. This is Katie, and these are her upsides. Hi guys, I'm Yessi, and these are the Upsides. Today is a very special episode because it's my little sister, Katie. (laughs) Um, Throughout my journey with anxiety, she's always been there for me, and I feel like bad for that too because I feel like I shouldn't have put pressure on her. But, you know, and also she ended up developing anxiety and she's gonna tell us her story about that but first how are you doing today i'm doing great (laughs) so you went to mexico recently yes and this was a scary thing for you because it was your first time traveling with just dad and not me or mom yeah like on pretty much on my own almost like that's what it felt like like i was traveling on my own (laughs) because it was just like I had to, I only knew how I was feeling. Like, I didn't, I don't feel, I didn't feel comfortable talking to my dad about, like, anxiety when I feel anxious. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he won't understand on a certain level. Mm-hmm. So, I felt like when it came to that, like, dealing with the anxiety that I would have to deal with on the trip, I knew that I was going to have to do it just, like, completely by myself. Mm-hmm. So, that was, like, really nerve-wracking. but you handle it well yeah yeah I mean once after the first two days I like my body kind of adjusted a little more but the first two days I was like crazy (laughs) what were you feeling (laughs) just like super anxious and like really aware of everything you know like when like I was just thinking of the most complex situations like like oh how is it gonna be when I shower later at night when I'm not I'm not even in my house you know like I You're was just, just thinking of overthinking it yeah, yeah completely okay um so we went you finally went to get help when it got like really bad I it was always hard for you to talk about how you were feeling like your emotions like yeah. with me, like whenever I, the the moment I started feeling bad, like I told that's true my mom, I told my friends, and I kind of wanted to get help already, but with you, it kind of took a longer time. Why do you think that was? I don't know. I think 
I I would doubt my own feelings so much too. Like that's just something that I I still like have to deal with to this day. It's always been a problem with me. Like I doubt a lot of what I feel and what I think. And like I guess for so long I was in such doubt of what I was feeling and that oh it's just me or no it's you have a problem or no it's just me I can do it I can control it you know like so much I don't know back and forth that I just didn't feel ever at a point where I was like super confident in in what I was saying like in what I was like in like telling someone you know mm-hmm. But I had already had, like, you already knew I had anxiety. Yeah. Like, I was already going through it, and you saw me going through it, but you still didn't think that you had it? I didn't think that I had, I didn't know that that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I just remember feeling crazy. <laughs> like, I was like, this can't be anxiety. Like, I understood, like, the, the physical stuff. Like, okay, yeah, I guess this is anxiety, you know, because of what I had seen you go through and stuff. But I didn't know what it was like to feel anxious, like, in as your far mind. As, uh-huh. And so, when was the breaking point, you feel? Like, how long did it take for you to get there? To the point where I was like, okay, yeah, I need to, I need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Or I need to do something. Um, I feel like... Mm, okay, well, I went through, like, a, like, it was a really long span of time. And I feel like I had, like, three bigger like three big breaks kind of in between like the, all that time I don't know how many years exactly it was but it was in sophomore year so three years almost okay that I or two years without like treatment like constant treatment mm-hmm. and um I mean I just remember it got to the point where I just didn't I really you know didn't know what else to do and like I obviously didn't like, it was at a point where I felt like I could possibly not want to go on anymore, you know? And, and what were some of the things that you were doing, like, prior, like, I noticed, like, you kind of became distant from your friends, like, you distanced yourself mm-hmm. from people, like, why did you feel, like, to do that, like, why you just kind of stopped talking to them, or you just didn't feel like they understood you? I always just felt like like nothing I said was they even cared like mm-hmm. I just always I always thought that I really devalued like my voice and what I have to say or what I have to think like who I am I was so like lost and confused and like so just really like insecure and I get like it it was, like, years, I guess, of build-up of that, not, like, really dealing with that. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember even since, like, middle school, like, just starting middle school, even elementary school, I was always, like, really aware of what how other people were and how I was. And I always, I always saw other people, like, above me, always. Mm-hmm. Every single person. Like, every single person. And that's funny that you say that because I felt the same way, too. Like, I felt insecure around like the popular kids because like oh like they don't maybe they don't think I'm cool like I never like drank or smoked while in school or high school so everyone else was doing it and I wasn't so I guess I was like the uncool kid (laughs) but 
so I always did feel insecure, like, meeting someone, like, getting introduced to someone that I knew was popular in school. Like, I would get all red. Yeah. And I'd be like, hi. <laughs> and, like, not You'd talk. You forget how to talk. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, but it, it's, like, a lot of that is insecurity. Yeah. And once the insecurity starts is when you start talking to yourself and, like, that negative self-talk, telling mm-hmm. yourself, like, you're not enough, you're not cool, yeah. nobody likes you, like... I, one of the the recurring feelings that I would get while I was going through my anxiety was the feeling of being out of my body. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. Like, you know that feeling where you're in the car looking out the window and you're just kind of seeing everything? Yeah, seeing everything happen around you and you're just, like, not even there. Right. That's how I felt. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, um, they, I think they call it dissociation, no? Right, yes. Yeah. And, yeah, that's something that I still, like, even just randomly throughout my day, sometimes I'll just dissociate. And I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> but then it, you just kind of have to, like, I guess... Really, Snap yourself yeah, back in. become more, in, you know, see what... Think of five things that you can touch or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't felt that way in a long time, yeah. actually. I don't know if it's because of the medication, like, the treatment. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just not really thinking about it. Um, or I'm just feeling better, more mm-hmm. confident. Like, I'm going to the gym, so I feel better. Yeah. Um, I'm working, so I'm more active. Um, but, yeah, like, I think one of the biggest... Um, one of the, the most recurring symptoms with anxiety is that, like, dissociation. Just mm-hmm. kind of feeling like you're out of it. And so you overthink in your head yeah. so much. Like, your friend could be laughing, and you're like, oh, my God, they're laughing yeah. at me. <laughs> and and they like, could be laughing about something else. Yeah, it... it, it crazy <laughs> everything's like heightened <laughs> and yeah. in reverse in your mind but yeah I remember the first time I had a panic attack that's how it happened like I dissociated first and then I felt a panic attack almost like come on where was this at school at school and then since when that happened every day after that day at the same time in that same class I would have a panic attack yeah it became a trigger yeah and it yes. didn't it would like it honestly it just, I couldn't, like, control it. I literally felt like I was out of control. Every time I would walk into that class, immediate, like, my body would start sweating, I would choke up, I would want to cry, and I would just be sitting there crying, and I wouldn't even be able to, like, explain why I was crying. Like, I don't know what's happening right now. (laughs) Yeah, it becomes a trigger, and because it's anxiety, you, like, give yourself the anxiety because you don't (laughs) want to get it. So is it, like, a... Yeah. And the cycle yeah. of it, and, it, and it really, really does suck. I was telling you, like, how I was watching The Fosters yesterday. It's a TV show, and <laughs> um, there's the the mom is having a panic attack in the episode, and like I started crying because like you know what that feels like, and it's horrible. Like you have no control over your body, and mm-hmm. you just have to like fight with your mind to get out of it. And it's really, really hard. Yeah, super hard. And I and I feel like a lot of people, like, I mean, I remember when that would happen to me, I was always scared. Like, I would always think, okay, it's my fault that I can't get myself out of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I something about me that I'm weak or something, I can't get myself out of this state. And, like, people keep telling me I can do it, you know? And, like, you see all these videos and, like, people, like, I don't know, it... I always felt like, you know, there's that expectation for you to be able to handle it, right? So, like, when I felt like I had no control whatsoever, it almost felt like I was, like, just being lazy. Mm -hmm. 
and that like yeah and I think that comes also with the stigma like why so many people don't talk about it is because they feel like someone's gonna tell them like you can get better like you'll do it like just why are you sad like why are you anxious no just forget about it yeah and it's just that you don't really know what it feels like until you're in that person's shoes and Mm -hmm. you're going through it yeah Because I didn't understand until it happened to me. Like, I couldn't understand how you felt either. Like, I would make her get down at CVS and buy the stuff for me because I could not wait in line. Yeah. Waiting in line made me super anxious. My stomach would hurt. Like, the moment that I walked into the CVS and saw there was, like, it could be, like, just two people in line. I was like, I can't. And I would go, like, back to the car and be like, Katie, can you please go pay? And, like, you would do that for me. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that Or Target. Part. Oh, my God. <laughs> when you love Target and then you got to say goodbye to Target. Yeah, I mean, I saved a lot of money not going to Target. Because every time I go to Target, I would spend a lot of money. You've gone back, though, right? Yeah. You're fine. But Target was one of those places because I realized that they don't play music. And so my thing is silence. I can't. I can't with silence. Yeah. And so... Target was that place, that silent, quiet place with long lines that I was just super freaked out to go into. But no, now I even go like by myself. So I'm doing better. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, like you would do that for me and you'd be like, but yes, just, just, just go, like just go to the line. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, whatever, <laughs> I'll just go, it's fine. But you experienced it in a different way than me. Yeah. I think we we surprisingly experienced it in a pretty different way. Like, like your thing with silence and my thing, I freak out more when there's, like, a lot of movement and a lot of noise around me. That's, I can't. I would much rather be in a quiet room. And so yeah. I always found it weird. That's why I was like, Yeah, I don't know how you can. Because <laughs> I feel like in the, the loud places, I you don't... You can blend in. Yeah, I don't have to... To dissociate myself because I'm like no one's paying attention to me I'm not the when it's quiet there's more there could be more focus on me so that's then true. that's why I don't like it well it depends you know also like if there's like a people in that room and they're it's like I don't know I feel like they're judging me. it depends you know mm-hmm. it depends but I would much prefer a quiet room <laughs> okay so you had your panic attack the first panic attack in school yeah and then you had it was recurring after that mm-hmm. and then I think at one point it like l- lessened a bit like there were some days where it would happen some days that it wouldn't happen like after a month maybe that it was happening like almost every day like I remember it happening every day but it was like it's like I wouldn't have a panic attack but I would still have anxiety mm-hmm. like I would have ongoing anxiety all day in school like I always remember because I feel like it would all build up to that class because it was, like, towards the end of the day. And then that's when it was, like, at its peak. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I remember, like, I didn't know... Since you didn't tell me, like, exactly what you were feeling, like, I would take you out of school early almost every day. Yeah. You would call to pick you up. Oh, my God, um, I forgot about that. And I was like, Katie, yeah, like, you, have to be to, you have to go to school? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, and I was trying to tell you, like, just, you know, just stick it out. I thought maybe, like, I, I even asked you, like, are you being bullied? Like, what's going on? And you're like, no. And you wouldn't really say much. So I didn't really have much to work with. I know. 
Yeah, it's just it so hard for me to just even explain. Like, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what I, like, I hadn't put things in order in my head mm-hmm. to put them out into the world. <laughs> yeah. And so, when was, I think you stopped going to school, right? Yes. Well, in the three breaks, I always stopped going to school for like a month or something. When you say breaks, what do you mean? Like, um, not really breaks, but like... Like, where I, I felt like I had hit rock bottom. Okay, so the three rock bottoms. And those were the three times that I went to seek, um, like, help in a way. Okay. Yeah. Because the first time, I went to the first psychiatrist, and then... That I, was the one that I had gone to? Yeah. And then... And he but said But after what? that, I didn't take the meds that he prescribed or anything, because I, I still felt like I could do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, time passed, and then I had another, like, really, you know, a rock-bottom kind of moment. And then that's when I went to therapy and got the um, meds from the second psychiatrist. Okay. Yeah. Well, you had gone to therapy first, no? No, I had gone to the psychiatrist first, the first time ever. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was therapy, but it was a psychiatrist. Okay. And then, like, I thought he was going to talk to me more, even though he was just a psychiatrist. But he didn't. And I guess I just didn't feel comfortable taking meds. I thought I was, but I, I wasn't in the end. So then yeah, I did. yeah, you were always kind of put off by it. Yeah. And then you went to the therapist. Therapy. Yeah. And then how was that experience for you? Like, finding therapists and stuff? Um, or, well, the once I already found the one. Right, once I, you were, started talking to her, like, your first session with her. Um, it was good. I remember after the first session, I already felt relief. And it's just, like, I honestly, I don't know why it works so well. <laughs> like, I, I honestly, because I felt like, okay, I can talk to anyone, you know. I don't understand why it makes such a big difference when you're talking to a therapist and stuff. But I... I remember feeling that after the first session, I was like, it, I'm, it's just me being crazy, like, you know, pretending that, you know, I'm already fig- I'm already like getting better, you know, because cause I just went to my first session or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did genuinely feel better because I feel like she really helped um, me analyze my thoughts kind of. And she like, um, oh, my God, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> she she offered like an out out outsider's perspective mm-hmm. I guess and she like that's what I needed because I was so in my head that she really helped me reanalyze situations that I was reading wrong and stuff like more reassure like it was she was all about like reassuring yourself and and like self-talk and stuff self-talk is what helped me the most that I learned through therapy um with like anxiety like it really, I it really helped like minimize the amount of like panic attacks and um, anxiety attacks I would have. Yeah. Um, when it comes and like that's their job. Like, and I feel like it comes with comfort in the sense that you know that they don't know anyone you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're not gonna tell anyone, <laughs> so you can openly talk about everything. Yeah. And they listen. Yeah, and, and they then, don't know you. They don't know who you were. Before you saw them, they don't know who, you know, like, they don't judge you, basically, mm-hmm. you know. But I've heard, like, horror stories about them. Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> you went to, well, before that you had gone yeah, to a life before coach. before I had horror stories. 
so I mean, I mean, parents <laughs> parents do the most they can, you know, to get help for their child because you know they're worried. Um, but basically, they ended up taking her to a life coach. Who I mean, w- my sister and I were not religious, but this was uh, a Christian. She was Christian. Or uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Christian. yeah. She was a Christian life coach and so she walks into her office and what is it that you it's like super dim and she just tells me to sit on the sofa and like i just see like i already know i knew where it was going when like halfway through after what i was saying she was just like you just have to go out and make friends that's all you have to do <laughs> you just have to go out and make friends and and come here come closer and then she started she was like i'm gonna pray for you hold my hands <laughs> And I was like, okay, no, like, <laughs> okay, like, you, I need something more than go and make friends because there's, like, too much, like, no. Yeah. And this was, like, me after explaining everything that happened, I was so, like, surprised, like, of, that that was the advice she had to give me, like, um, Yeah. But, I mean, that's why she was, like, a life coach. She yeah. She wasn't it's about, a licensed mm-hmm. person. And so that's why we, like, searched for a licensed therapist or a licensed psychologist to yeah. get the next, um, But it is a really, session. like hard process yeah i mean for some it does work like going to church and oh yeah you know getting that spiritual guidance it, it helps some people yeah but at least for us i mean it just is no. yeah it just wasn't what i was looking for right and then so you met with her and she told you i don't know if you want to share it or not it's okay if you don't but what was it um like that breakthrough thing that she told you like this is what you tend to do tend to do sorry <laughs> and this is what you need to work on or like this is why you weren't able to express yourself mm-hmm. um well she said that it was basically just like a huge fear of rejection like that's like the most general way you can kind of phrase it I've I'm just I just fear like being shot down all the time because if I open my mouth but that that Branched, I mean, is that yeah. or stemmed, stemmed whatever. Stem, <laughs> branched, stemmed, <laughs> stemmed from um, that when like everything. Well, did you say what was happening? No. Okay. But um. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in like middle school, when I was like eleven or ten, ten or eleven, um, my parents like were separating. Our parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they know we're sisters. <laughs> um, <laughs> our parents are separating. And, um, like, no one explained anything to me. Like, I was, I mean, you know, I guess kind of sheltered from it. But from my eyes, you know, I knew that stuff was going on. and knew that it was happening because, I mean, I, I've seen it. <laughs> and, like, you know, little kids aren't as oblivious as you think. I guess, because I was really aware. I remember being really aware of it. And I just would feel... I, she said that it was like... At that moment, I felt excluded in a way from like everything that was happening, you know? Like I wasn't included in any... any I wasn't... Not necessarily included in any decisions because I wouldn't like have a say really. Like that's... Like I wouldn't really want to say... Like what would I say? But... <laughs> Um, just, like, being included in the discussion or, like, the, just acknowledge that I, I am a part, this affects me too, you know, Mm -hmm. this affects, like, all of us and we should all talk about it, but, you know, I didn't, I mean, at the time, I didn't, I didn't know that that was 
I mean, obviously, as a kid, you're not thinking, like, oh, yeah, I need to tell them how I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's crazy how that can affect you, like, so far down the line. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, um, what you had told me was that she told you that you felt like you didn't have a voice because they never went to you to ask you how you were feeling, how you felt about the whole situation. And then she basically made you kind of speak up to them and tell them, hey, I feel this and I'm... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, like, the good, the better, like, I guess the best part that came out of therapy was, like, being able to actually use my voice, you know, and... And going to therapy, just talking to her made me feel like I had a voice because she would listen to everything I said, you know, and she would wait for me to talk first and have something to share first. You know, she wouldn't just like, you know, talk all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She would let me talk most of the time and then she would like add in, you know. So I do think that that, that's what came out of that was like being able to be like increase my confidence as far as like saying stuff that's on my mind, how I feel. Mm hmm. And that kind of helped when you hit, you know, your third yeah. rock bottom. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, like, my third rock bottom wasn't as hard as the other two. Like, you you told, you just came, well, you told us, like, hey, well, you weren't going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, at that point, it, like, me, I was like, okay, she's going to therapy. It's not helping. She's not going to school. She still feels bad. Like, I think it's time for medication. Mm-hmm. And that's when we reached out to the other psychiatrist, and then you met with him, mm-hmm. and then you started medication. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I've had, like, four breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Not three, four. <laughs> yeah, that was the third one. Yeah, and that I was still going to therapy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had suggested for you to get on medication. Yeah, she said, well, because I had asked her about it first, because I was still, I didn't, when I first started it, I wanted to start therapy and meds at the same time, you know, because I wanted to just go, you know, full treatment. But um, I wanted to, like, wait out just therapy to see if just therapy on its own would, you know, help out. And it did, but I needed, like, an extra push. And I told her that that's how I felt. And she told me that, yeah, you know, it's going to be kind of like a, like a lifesaver for you, you know, to help you float just until you, like, are able to stand on your own in a way. So, yeah, that's what she told me. She advised me, and I told her, like, okay, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And she was like, okay, cool. Just let me know, you know, how it goes and stuff. And then once, and that's when I went to get the medications. Yeah. I mean, it took you a while. <laughs> yeah, it did. Why were you so apprehensive? I w- it was not that I was apprehensive. I just was so, like... I honestly don't even know, like, why. Because a lot of people don't want to take medication, you know? Okay, well, yeah. I remember not being super, like, okay with the idea of it. I was really scared. I was really, like, worried that it was just, you know, it scares, it's scary, you know? It's going to change the chemical, chemicals in your brain and... And it's, you read stuff online, like, I looked up the meds, and it's, like, crazy, like, crazy side effects, and, like, getting off of it is super hard, too. So, I was just kind of, I guess, yeah, like, procrastinating it, because I was anxious about it. But then I just realized, you know, you just gotta try it, see how it goes. And then you met with a psychiatrist, he explained mm-hmm. to you, how yeah. was, like, how was that, um... 
Because you had a bad experience with the first psychiatrist. How was it with the second? Um, it was good. He seemed to understand more. I was also better this time in saying how I felt because the first time I had no idea how to say it. And so I was just like, I feel like, you know, I felt really comfortable with him and I trusted him. So, yeah, and he he actually like explained to me like the chemicals and the what what the what he prescribed to me would do to me, like how it would react with my brain and stuff and he like drew it out in front of me. So, that I don't know, that made me feel more comfortable because he t- he he told me things I didn't know and like the first time he didn't really explain that. So, I think that helped me a lot cuz I wouldn't know what was what was happening in there mm-hmm. when he explained it. And so you started the medication, mm-hmm. and how did you feel once you did? Um, I remember the first two weeks I was yawning constantly, like <laughs> uncontrollable yawning, like all day in class. I felt like I was dead, like I felt like a corpse, like I hadn't slept in years. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I was sleeping so much because I was so tired, but... I but then after those two weeks that was the only side effect I really experienced oh that and night sweats which I still get from the meds but that it depends like it happens randomly not every not every night but um but did it help yes it did I, well it's not really easy to tell because I don't remember feeling that different for a while like okay I would still get anxiety whatever whatever but I guess the more time went on I realized and looked back that I had had less like intense anxiety anxiety was lessened I still you know since taking the medication I still have anxiety it's not like it completely went away but I it it did like I guess help me um control it manage it manage it and yeah, like, just, it, it lessened it, and that way I'm able to, like, also self-talk my way out of anxiety, too. So it's, like, it, the both, two things work together. <laughs> and, um, like, throughout this time where you had your rock bottoms, you were in a very toxic, toxic relationship, mm-hmm. um, which also brought down a lot of your self-esteem. I remember you lost a lot of weight. Um, you know, it's, it's concerning to see, yeah. you, you know, that happened and now you're back. Like, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> like, yeah, constantly like I'll look, I mean, I don't really have a lot of them left in my phone cause I changed my phone, but I, every now and then I'll come across an old picture of me, like not even that old, you know, a year ago. And I was like, so I just, I could tell him, like, I didn't look health. I didn't look happy. Like, I could just tell, you know? Mm-hmm. And I see pictures of me now, I'm like, okay. <laughs> she happy, now she's good. <laughs> I look healthier, I feel healthier, I feel better. And then, like, what was, what would you say were your upsides from all of this experience? Like, because we know that it's hard, everything that we go through, but we're given these situations to make us stronger, better. Mm-hmm. And what do you think are, like, came, what are the goods that came out of this? Yeah. Um... Yeah, well, one time I was actually talking to my therapist about this, like the same question. She kind of asked me the same question. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I've stopped thinking of it as like a 
a burden almost, you know, I'm, I'm, it's more like a gift, you know, because I'm able to relate with other people who have anxiety and stuff, like, and because I had so much anxiety, I mean, I guess in general, I'm a really emotional person, I've always, always had, have been, either that came first or the anxiety, I don't know, but, <laughs> um, but I think it really helped me, like, able, be able to relate with people, and those people that I've related with through that have ended up being like my best friends in the entire world you know right so I don't know it's helped me build like really strong relationships with people and I feel like it's a plus you know to be able to understand someone in in those shoes too um yeah yeah and that was like I think one of my proudest moments because I know that you went through you know, you had a tough time in high school when it came to how your friends saw you, you know, because you had low self-esteem and you felt like you were being judged, like, like they would kind of push you aside. Mm -hmm. You didn't feel valued as a friend. And then, you know, you finally got the courage and, you know, you told these other friends that you had, hey, you know, I go through this. Yeah. And they understood you and they're like, I do too. And then you, like I said, you made best friends now that yeah. you know you guys can talk about all of this together and they're more of, of a like you have a strong like an actual friendship with them as opposed yeah. to the other friends and I think that's one of the things you have, you told me or like yeah I just hate that it took me so long to realize that the people that I was hanging out with were bro. crappy yeah bro like it's just like you ignore all the red flags in a way too like like, I should have thought, like, okay, oh, I get anxiety when I'm around them all the time. I wonder, like, no, I thought it was me, you know? I mm-hmm. thought, oh, I'm just crazy, and I'm always anxious about everything. But it's like, no, maybe, you know, my body was telling me, girl, you ain't comfortable here, you know, yeah, for like, whatever reason. friends. Yeah, get, find somewhere where you're comfortable. Um, but, yeah, so, like, definitely don't ignore those signs if you yeah. feel them around, like, certain people, people or yeah. situations, you know? Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing, too. Like, I separated myself from people mm-hmm. who I knew made me feel less made me feel that you would experience those really bad feelings yeah. with like because you don't want to be around people who make you feel that way no. you want to be around people who are super positive and yeah. I'm so grateful you know that you were able to find those people and I was able to find them too I feel like the people that I have around me right now are great mm-hmm. like I love them <laughs> and everyone's just very positive and I know it's like a cheesy thing to say like oh just be positive yeah be positive but <laughs> but it's the true. energy around you <laughs> changes and you it change does. because once you have so much positivity around you you just feel happy you feel good yeah yeah I and that's I've noticed that a few times like you know with with certain people like the, I have a friend that I was hanging out with too much and, and then I just slowly realized that they were negative the entire time and they would, like, constantly just spew out negativity. And I, like, it just uh, it always ends up with me, like, leaving. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just crazy. There's so there's a lot of, like, people who live their lives just spewing out negativity. Yeah. And, and you'll notice it more now. Yeah. That you're just like, uh Yeah. Can't deal with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then... Um, so something that I'm doing now that we have restructured the podcast is adding a song that has helped the guest kind of work through or either feel better in their times 
where they were their lowest or mm. kind of made them feel safe or like home with this song. Um, so you picked 40 Day Dream by mm. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Why is it that you picked this song? Um, I have very specific memories of listening to this song. I remember I, I found this song in middle school and I would like constantly listen to it, but I didn't like start listening. To, I started listening to it like every single day when I was going through like, I guess, I mean, I was always going through something, but like, <laughs> but I remember listening to it a lot in my high school like years, like from freshman year to senior year. And it's just like a song that reminds me, I don't know, I can shut my eyes and visualize like a really happy field and people running around and having a great time together. And it's like, just really great. <laughs> and um, just like I've always thought of, like I dream a lot. Like I feel like a lot of the stuff I do is just all in my head because I think everything I do is just like me thinking. <laughs> um, so I felt like I connected with it on that level because it's talking about like a dream that like they don't want it to end. And it's like, I wish I could just daydream all, all day. Because <laughs> it's like, you can literally make anything of... Right. You can make your happy place in yeah. your dreams. Mm-hmm. And that, like, inspires me. Well, thank you, sis, for doing this. I know that you were <laughs> anxious about doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's good for people to hear different, like, ways that people dealt, like, dealt with anxiety and... Mm-hmm. Um, how they're still dealing with anxiety, what they did to, like, seek help. And, you know, we just want to end the stigma around, you know, speaking about mental illness. Like, she would have never made her best friends if she had never told them that she felt the way she did. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't, like, be a good friend if my friends didn't tell me how they felt. And, I mean, me sharing with them also, like, how I was feeling and... We're here for you. Um, you can email us at theupsidesfm at gmail.com and send us you know, topics that you want to have us talk about or if you just want to share your story. Um, you know, We can always hop on like a Skype call. And we're just here for you for anything. You can just tell us whatever you're going through. We can maybe guide you in some way because we've been there. And mm-hmm. we can advise you a bit if you that is <laughs> um so thank you guys for listening i appreciate it and i hope you guys have a good day bye, bye. <laughs>